The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to TV Advertising Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to take a long look at one of the largest and most powerful mediums of marketing, television advertising. Each day this week, we're going to publish an episode that discusses what you need to know about the technology and strategies behind maximizing the impact of your TV ad campaigns. With us today is Ronald Pruitt Jr., who is the managing partner at the Boston Associates, which is a consulting firm that advises equity firms and enterprises on how they can rapidly reshape and reposition existing businesses to realize their full potential. Outside of his role at the Boston Associates, Ronald has also held multiple executive and advisory positions at a wide variety of TV advertising-related companies, including being the CEO of As Seen on TV, Inc., and a chief advisor to the Al Roker Entertainment Company. So far this week, we've discussed the television advertising landscape, how to develop a television advertising campaign, and today we're going to talk about the tricks for creating a direct response campaign. Here's the third installment of TV Advertising Week with Ronald Pruitt Jr. from the Boston Associates. Ronald, happy Wednesday. Welcome back to TV Advertising Week on the MarTech Podcast. Thank you so much. I never get tired of talking about this, so great to be here. (laughs) I'm glad to hear it. We still have a fair amount to go. So we, so far this week, have talked about the general advertising landscape and then how to actually get a TV ad campaign up and running My take is TV advertising can be used to reach a mass audience, a lot of people. It's relatively expensive to get started. You're looking at mid five figures, somewhere between 25 to 50 grand to run a test campaign. And you can spend up to billions of dollars if you're a scaled enterprise level business. Let's talk a little bit more about actually driving business results using television. I know that you were the CEO at As Seen on TV and you've worked for a few other brands helping them drive sales using television advertising. I'm curious to hear what are some of the tips and formats for your ad? What do you need to build into a campaign to make it successful in terms of direct response? I think the first thing I mentioned in one of our earlier segments was you really have to think about the intent of what you're trying to do with the television ad. So I look at things as the pitch and the catcher's mitt. As simple as that sounds, one of the companies I was involved with, which actually became one of the largest direct response and direct-to-consumer companies in the U.S. until it was sold, was Liberty Medical. And we targeted an older audience 
We had a million customers. It was in the diabetic supply world. So you may recall some of the Wilford Brimley commercials that became somewhat ubiquitous and famous. The company was largely built around direct response TV. As it evolved, though, a lot of the more senior market were starting to use social media and Facebook. So very, very important in the process is how is our viewer changing? How's the market changing? And what is our intent? So we actually there built in a, say, two-year time period, a bigger business online than we did through TV. And it's because we watched the way folks were interacting with us, calling our call center, and we had almost 2,000 people on the phones. And we saw that the new world was television to web to the call center. So I think no matter what size your business, every time you run something on television, you're going to see a spike. And for a lot of these direct-to-consumer companies today, and go through the long list, they might see spikes to their web traffic of between two to three to 500%. So you really have to take a step back and say, what could happen if we move down to this new old channel called TV? Very, very important part of the process. Here's my thought about direct response television. Maybe I'm stereotyping a little, but you've already mentioned a few brands. The Snuggie, the Sham Wow, the George Foreman Grill is another example. These are all consumer products that were successful using direct response television or even content or advertorial content. And they're a specific type of product. They're impulse purchases. They solve a specific discrete need, not necessarily something that people realize that they needed, but they're utilities. How do you reconcile the difference between running a successful direct response campaign and building brand authority? And when I think of companies that are doing brand television, like McDonald's, Apple, Coca-Cola, right? Those are all about building authority and trust. And the ShamWow doesn't care if you trust them. They care if you buy something and clean your car with it. Is there a happy balance in between there or is it just binary one or the other? I think that direct response itself is almost like the long lost cousin or maybe the ugly stepchild of traditional direct marketing. So David Ogilvy started his career when he moved to the U.S. working for the Gallup organization doing polling and then moved into direct marketing and eventually building one of the obviously greatest names in the advertising world. But if you go back and look at what he's written, he'll really mention that his true love and his beginnings were in direct marketing. And direct response really took off as a result of television. The Sears catalog was the beginning of the evolution, and now here we are with MyPillow on TV. But in between, there are all these other brands that have been built as well. 1-800-Flowers, more recently Blue Apron, which was largely doing what Nutrisystem did 10 years ago. So you have a lot of these new brands simply mimicking in many respects what Omaha Steaks or others did over the years on television. So what's old is new again. The main difference, though, is that the web and social media is going hand in glove with TV. And that wasn't always the case. And in many instances, television was meant to drive you into a store or to call somebody. Now it's also meant for you to take a different kind of action. So it's evolving. But the principles, I think, are becoming more commonplace because social media is increasingly quantitative. And at the end of the day, this is quantitative marketing, because for every penny or dollar that I spend, what is the return? What's the ROI? And you're starting to see that now sort of invade all channels of marketing and advertising, in my opinion. For the advertisers that have 
been focused primarily on digital media and social media marketing, some of the consumer channels, and they're thinking about going to television, they're deciding whether they want to run a brand campaign or a direct response campaign. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know. Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. How do they reconcile not coming off as something that is gimmicky? I think of the sham wow and my pillow and all these other examples that you've given. They're being sold to, right? Spokesman driven advertising, and they come off as something that is interesting and lots of people purchase it, but it doesn't come off as something that builds authority and a reputation, a larger brand. Is there a way to do both? Or do you have examples of somebody that's done direct response television, but also been able to build a brand at the same time? I'm going to argue with you a little bit because the word gimmicky might sort of define some of the classic products that you'd see on television, like KTEL Records and others going way back. But the Snuggie. The Snuggie. <laughs> but I'd argue that more people know the Snuggie as a brand, whether or not you like the product, than a lot of the other big spenders these days who are trying to break out into the market online. So I get back to the fact that DR, direct response television, particularly, is a very effective method for targeting and accelerating brands and categories. And the beauty of it is it's quantitative, like I said. So you have a lot of different industries. Insurance, we mentioned, couldn't be more boring, right? But the best-known brands, Geico and Progressive, really went into the DR business. I'd argue that Geico is actually one of the forerunners of direct marketing and then direct response TV. So I think you see a lot of brands that are using it effectively. And it's not gimmicky to the extent, you know, if you like geckos, or flow, I could argue that some of the comedic advertising now that these more serious industries are taking is a little gimmicky, but you can make direct response TV also look good as well as perform well. So I think going into it, this key to your, your question or your point, if you're just building a quick sale, that's one thing. But if you're really trying to build a category in your brand and build up the lifetime value of the customers that you attract, 
I don't think you want to cheapen that at the outset. You really want to stay on as high a level as possible, and that will pay dividends as you grow. So as you're putting your direct response media together, what are some of the tricks to actually making the creative effective? Well, I want to say it's a broad question, but then it's not. There are certain formulas that work depending upon the segment, I guess, or the consumer base that you're trying to attract. And it could be an age demographic. There are certain ways that you want to film or you want to introduce ways that folks call you or do comparatives. So very quickly, and I'll use some of the classic DR, you want to introduce the problem, the solution, and then how to contact us. So the whole commercial, whether it's 30 seconds or 60 seconds, is built around trying to convince you, whether or not you know it or not, that you have an issue. It could be a leak in your faucet, or it could be a problem with some part of your body or your anatomy or your health that you didn't even realize you had. But I need to convince you very quickly that it's something you should be thinking about and that we have a solution. And the areas that work best, I will say, are the bigger markets. So you're really generally trying to attract a mass market, not necessarily a niche group of people. Television might not be the right medium for you if that's the case. One of my favorite is the rubberized sprays for direct response advertising, where it's like, look, I sawed this boat in half and then I sprayed it back together and now I'm sailing across the Pacific. And it's like, I didn't know I need that, but I want it. And I don't know why I want it, but I (laughs) want to go get a boat and I want to cut it in half and glue it back together. And think about it. Who doesn't need that kind of solution for cutting your boat in half, right? I know it's a silly demonstration. But much like the old carnies or circus acts, et cetera, it literally tells you a story, which is really what it's based upon. Very quickly, you're engaged. It's why home shopping or even the infomercials are successful. It's because it's educating you while it's also entertaining you. That's why I think that this sort of genre in whatever channel you're going to use it in will never really go out of style because, frankly, it's human. We've talked a lot about direct response television, thinking about it from a consumer and a product perspective. You also mentioned insurance, but talk to me about some of the other types of businesses outside of consumer products that are using DRTV. Well, I think it's naturally something that any kind of subscription business could use. And those might be consumer businesses, but it could also be Salesforce or Carbonite or PCmatic which I guess is consumer-driven, but they're also targeting small businesses. It could be stamps.com, which I think really heavily targets small businesses or tax services. Big podcast advertiser. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of great companies that have built their brands around the principles of direct response. I think, again, subscription businesses to me are natural because it also allows you to spread your marketing costs over a longer period if you look at it that way. But I've increasingly seen more tech-oriented companies, even travel in Workday or other types of what I would call more enterprise sales businesses, indeed, going more for uh, competing against LinkedIn to try to get resumes. I see them using a lot of the old direct response principles. And I think that's only going to become more commonplace. And I'll add to that is a lot of brands now are realizing for growth, not only do they want to go to television but they want to open up kiosks or pop-up shops or retail outlets and malls. And they're using beacons there to try to track back to their ad campaign. So everyone is trying to triangulate their marketing, their advertising spends, creating attribution as to how someone heard about me and when they bought. But a lot of the principles date back to the 
original direct marketing principles that have been successful for years. I think at the end of the day, direct response television, we think of it as the Snuggie and the sham wow. And if you need to saw a boat in half, you could glue it back together. You just need to call the phone number on your television. In reality, there are the enterprise grade advertisers, the insurance companies, the banks, the subscription service that are also doing direct response. They're doing it in a way that also feels slightly branded. So it's not just coming off as a direct sales pitch, even if it is a direct response oriented campaign. Ronald, any last words about direct response television? I think that a lot of smart marketers are looking at television because the platforms, the Amazon, the Alibaba's, etc., have shown them, or Google, which really started a lot of this, that to be more quantitative in the way you spend your dollars is not a bad thing. And a lot of traditional brand advertisers are recognizing the fact that being under pressure to build a brand, the best way to do that is through sales. So the direct response approach brings that to you faster than just building traditional brand campaigns. Okay, great advice. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Ronald Pruitt Jr. for joining us. If you'd like to learn more of Ronald's tips for building an effective TV advertising strategy, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we discuss how to integrate your product into TV content. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Ronald, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet. His handle is Ronald C. Pruitt Jr., R-O-N-A-L-D-C-P-R-U-E-T-T-J-R. Or you can visit his company's website, which is bostonassociates.com. A couple of links in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests, or you could subscribe to our weekly newsletter. If you're a subscriber to the show, thanks for being a member of our community. We'd love to hear from you. So we created benjshap.com slash question, where you can send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. And if you'd like to reach out to me on social media, my handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P, on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in our podcast feed, in addition to the rest of our conversation with Ronald Pruitt Jr., the managing partner at Boston Associates, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.